What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to Let's Talk Movies. I'm Brad. I'm Miguel. And welcome to episode number 113 of our show. This is a good old-fashioned hodgepodge show. Lots to talk about tonight. Uh, we've got a little something for everybody going on as I hit my microphone. Uh, happy Saturday. Hope y'all are doing well, and I hope we're about to make your evening just a little bit better in this good old-fashioned... I'm not going to say what I was about to say, because it's probably not going to be good. But, uh, Miguel, how are you, my friend? Doing good, knowing that we're going to keep PG-13. It's very much appreciative. Even yeah. though it has rated R in the uh, opening credits. Oh, I did not know that. But, okay, cool. It used, it used to say PG-13, and then when I made the new opening credits, I was like... I should probably put rated R in this. <laughs> Just right. in case anybody actually pays attention to that, which they Hello. don't. There's no way that anybody actually pays attention to that. But Yeah, if someone rates it, okay. I guess you clearly don't have much left in your life. Yeah. Uh, so listen, this is going to be an interesting show. Quite a few different topics to cover. Uh, one is a big one. The other ones are, you know, we'll kind of, we'll, we'll get through them throughout the show. Um, <laughs> interesting thumbnail. Uh, some big changes are coming to Marvel Studios. A little bit of a bombshell expose that dropped... Uh, or that is getting ready to drop, but the bits and pieces have kind of gotten out there and things like that. Um, kind of about the multiverse saga and about the, the the process of creating content in Marvel Studios and how some of that's about to change for the better, needs to change. Um, we, we've had that conversation about the multiverse saga not necessarily hitting as hard as the Infinity Saga did. Um and we'll we'll get there. That's going to be an interesting conversation. Um, Robert England is done. He has officially said he will not reprise his role as Freddy Krueger unless it's just like a cameo situation. Uh, which you know, it's the end of an era. But I'm 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 okay with that. I, I am too. And, and it's tough because there's mm-hmm. a lot of people who are like Robert England is Freddy Krueger. He is the face of Elm Street. But at the same time, though, like. My guy's in his seventies. Like, like what, what? What do you? What more do you want him to do? You know. So, I, and it's not like it's a it's a Michael Myers situation where you can put somebody younger under the mask and it's like mm-hmm. you would never know. It's he, he he's under the prosthetics, yes, but it's still him. He's still acting it out and doing the things, and it's so that's kind of difficult. Um, it's easier to hide someone behind a mask when they have zero emotions. Exactly. But when your entire character is, the whole premise is based off of your emotions and how you interact with uh, exactly. the entire cast, that can be very hard to to replicate, I guess, or to live up to the reputation that is this uh, pop culture icon that is Freddie, Freddie Mike. For sure. Wow. Um, so, uh, yeah, the, per- the, the person to do that. Um, but also... Speaking of pop culture icons, we're going to talk about Johnny Depp tonight. And I know everybody's like, ooh, it's like what they do in elementary school. Ooh. Yeah, we're going to go there. We're going to talk a little bit about Johnny Depp. We're not going to talk about Amber Heard. We're not going to talk about the trial. We're not going to talk about any of that because really, this is somewhat unrelated to that. Um, But Johnny Depp may or may not be returning to Pirates of the Caribbean. And I hope he does because... I'm just going to say hashtag no Johnny, no pirates, but that's just me. <laughs> other, other other people might disagree with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you might notice three little dudes in the, in the top left-hand corner of the thumbnail. I mean, what the hell is going on here? Uh, looks like you just typed in 
UFOs on your clip art and word and just pasted it on the thing. I did type in UFOs. Yeah, you did. Uh, I, you? Just, I just straight up did. Uh, but I have something I want to show Miguel, I, and I, I just want to get your thoughts on it. It's not necessarily a movie, anything. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just been kind of floating around the good old the good old uh, internets. In the last internets. The good old Elon Musk run uh, tweetser. Oh, my God. You know, I'm not on Twitter, guys. I'm sorry, but I would, you know... Every time Brad talks about Twitter, I'm at the point where it's like, dog, how much worse can it get now? I'm going to be real. For me? I never, we've reversed because you used to be the Twitter guy. You were always on Twitter. Like when we were in high school. Yeah. You don't remember that? Mm-hmm. I thought it was you. I'm pretty sure it was me you. on Twitter. I wasn't well, maybe really on it wasn't. Twitter all that much. Uh, maybe it wasn't. I don't know. seeing somebody else. Uh, an- another Miguel. <laughs> it's the multiverse Miguel. This is the other boyfriend. Uh, yeah, it's okay. Um, but I don't know. Twitter is an addiction. Like, I have been, since I, I never, never used Twitter, ever, <laughs> like, before we had ever. this YouTube channel, and then now that I'm on the YouTube channel, like, Twitter app, it it's it's done. Like, it's just, it's, I'm on that probably more than any other social media app, because it's like, I get, like, my movie news, I get my politics, I get everything, like, all in one space, and I just sit, and I'm like, wow, I'm so disappointed in humanity. <laughs> that's so funny because i get it all all the time like i didn't think people would be on twitter all the time like that nowadays yeah but like literally kind of boycott elon i'll just look at like what's trend. listen here's the three things that i i use twitter for are you ready i mm-hmm. use it for movie stuff and like to you know for the show i use it for mm-hmm. the youtube for the channel i use it for the weather because i i'm a weather nerd i'm into weather and i'm into all of that stuff mm-hmm. so i follow storm chasers and meteorologists and all that stuff mm-hmm. um and then also for like the news and politics kind of stuff just because it's i'm gonna be real it's a good way to know what's happening like instantly without having to wait for it to for like the news to drop that can be a bad thing it can be a bad thing it can be and there's a lot of garbage that you have to scroll through and i'm just i'm i'm gonna be real i some things on twitter i'm like whoa why is that on here like mm-hmm. that's Twitter's a wild place. It really since Elon took over, it is a wild, nah, e- wild place. Twitter has always been kind of wild. It's been that's like fair. on the. It's kind of borderline like 4chan for such a long time <laughs> I, of like 4chan and Reddit. Forgot, it's like I borderline that, that. Yeah, is Reddit and, worth it? What is huh? Reddit? What exactly is Reddit? I've never Reddit is worth it. I guess I don't. I've really never use, dived into Reddit like what either. it is. I mean, it's like, I guess it's the same, right? No, not really. I don't know what Reddit is. I don't, I'm not, I cannot give a definitive answer as to what Reddit is. So I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Huh. All I know is that people share memes. Sometimes there's news. I couldn't tell you. It's it's weird because it's like, I, I see people talk about Reddit all the time, but I'm like, who actually uses Reddit? Who are these people I that to, sit on I Reddit to, for If hours? there's a link on Reddit that I need to, that I'd like to see, I'll go on the web web uh, side of it. And I Fair. don't have the app, so if that says anything about how deep I am to Reddit. Hey, speaking of social media, uh, if you haven't joined the Let's Talk Movies Facebook group, Let's Talk Movies YouTube channel dash community page, join the Facebook group. Join the fun. We love to do things to each other. All the fun. All the fun. It's a blast. Except, you know who's not in it? Miguel. What are you going to do? 
Uh, Mr. Jonathan Nichols, what's going on, buddy? Welcome to the show. Uh, so let's do this, Miguel. Um, I got to start with the UFO thing. I have to. Okay. I have okay. to. Have you seen about the Vegas UFO crash report thing that happened? How long ago? Is this something new? Like within the last week. Like this dropped no. uh, the 8th, so like two days ago. No. Okay. I'm going to show you this, and I want to get your honest thoughts. I want you to see... Uh, or I want, I just, I want to know what you think. So here's, so here's the post. Let me, let me get this to where you can see it. Okay. Um, so I, it's been everywhere. I just, I happened to find it on the daily loud. Um, police body cam footage records UFO crash landing in a Las Vegas backyard, followed by local residents calling the police saying that two eight foot tall figures with black eye or black, black with big eyes were in their backyard. Um, body cam footage from the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department captured a suspected UFO soaring across the night sky before a nearby resident called in a report of something 100% not human on their property. Local TV channel 8 News New, uh, News News Now reported it. Uh, holy crap, I'm not going to read all of that. We're, we're just going to watch the video. Um, oh, it's a newsreel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, no, it is. It's a, it's a news report from the I was Vegas hoping news. it was like one of those like uh, world star like body cam videos. It's almost. Yeah. Uh, could you hear that? Yeah. Okay. I hope we don't get like a. I don't know. I hope this news station doesn't copyright strike us. <laughs> I just. I had to. I wanted you to see it because I want to get it's your a video thoughts. of a video of a video. I know it is literally. Oh. All right, you ready? I'll be surprised. Go. All right, here we go. It's almost midnight on May 1st when a Las Vegas Metro police officer's body cam catches this something flashing low in the sky. 911 emergency. Minutes later, there's a there's like an eight foot person beside it. And another one's inside, and it has big eyes and looking at us, and it's still there. Someone calls 911, reporting two large figures in their backyard. Uh, no, I'm still nervous right now. The 8 News Now investigators obtaining another officer's video as he's sent to the Northwest Valley home. I have butterflies, bro. Everyone saw a shooting star, then these people say there's aliens in their backyard. By now, it's more than an hour after that bright light. Officers meeting up with the caller and his family. What'd you see? It was like a... Like a big creature. A big creature? Yeah, like a long, tasty top. I'm not going to BS you guys. One of my partners said they saw something fall out of the sky, too, so that's yeah. why I'm kind of curious. Did you see anything land in your backyard? Or? They see like a big, that's what they say. They see like a big, uh, like a big something with light. What I saw right now, I do believe in it. Police walk into the backyard to investigate, but Metro blacked out that part of the video because it's considered private property. What's clear? They're taking this call seriously. Hey, this might sound like a really dumb question. But did you guys see anything fall out of the sky? Asking others what they yes. saw. Uh, I would normally discount it as nothing. However, um, seeing as one of my partners said they saw it too, only reason I'm actually investigating it further. That investigation turning up no concrete answers as of Wednesday. Whatever or whoever fell into that yard, long gone within minutes. Oh, hey. If, that, if, those, if those nine foot beings come back, don't call us, all right? Deal with it yourself. That, I ain't dealing with that. <laughs> a cop said that? So, yeah, this yeah. is quite that weird, the Brian was saying, during, as we're watching this story. Now, we've been in, been in contact with the family in that video, and as you heard in that 911 call, they seem very reasonable mm -hmm. and honestly quite scared, as you heard them in the call. No, um, it, they don't seem impaired in any way. And whatever crashed by the time that police got there He's was like, gone. But they're not drunk. Say that there's really no dispute. <laughs> Something was in their yard. Exactly what? 
we do not know. I mean, it's so interesting. So, like, the metro officers see something, the neighbors see something. I mean, so what could it be? Well, we know that there are obviously a lot of military bases around this area. Uh, George Knapp covers a lot of that stuff for us on the 80s now investigators. We're showing you drone video from above that area. And we know, of course, Creech not far away, Nellis Air Force Base not far away. Right there. Them. They say they I are not so, yeah. involved at all, and we are waiting to hear from the Pentagon as well. Hmm. And you talk to these people. It seemed completely legitimate to you, and, and do you have any personal thoughts on maybe what it was? Right. So it seems from talking to our sources that something happened. There was obviously some flash in the sky. A lot of people saw it that night on uh, the night of April 30th, early in the morning on May 1st. Did that exact thing land in their yard? So it was in April. I, I didn't know. realize that. But these people said they saw some SUV circling the area. Could this have, could this have been some piece mm -hmm. of equipment that malfunctioned? Maybe they saw something and then someone came. I can't believe we're talking about this. <laughs> right. Someone came and Picked retrieved it, it from the backyard <laughs> right. in the SUV. We don't know. This all comes as uh, a former high-level intelligence officer, an air a veteran was on News Nation talking about how there is a program where the government collects some unidentified objects. So this might be that. We just don't know. We're going to work to find and, out, though. And no substances. They were looking no with clear substances. eyes. Goodness. Very interesting. Not report. big buggy eyes, though. This, like <laughs> this is really unique. Thank you, David. Wild. What do you think of that? <laughs> I think it was, uh, I think they decided to bring Elvis back. That's what I'm guessing. Yeah, probably. Well, yeah. here's look. Here's the thing. Like, I, I, I know it's not necessarily movie related. I, I mean, but the the alien thing has been <clears throat> adapted and thrown through the ringer a thousand times over in film and TV and cartoons and comic books and all of that stuff. Um, and, and it's just it's it's interesting to me. Like, I've always been one of those people that like when it comes to the paranormal and when it comes to like extraterrestrial life and all that stuff i'm like you know what like anything's possible like i'm i'm a fox Mulder when it comes to that stuff i'm like sure <laughs> like, like I, I why couldn't that be possible you know what i mean uh and the thing about this that i found interesting is it's like you know yes you have this family saying that they saw the eight to nine foot beings or whatever it was in their backyard looking at mm -hmm. them but like you know and, and you can say that's whatever but multiple people saw that blue light in the sky, that falling thing. So it's kind of like that guy, the, the newscaster was like, he said it could have been a malfunctioning piece of equipment. It's like that TikTok where he's like, are you sure about that? Are you sure, you sure about, about that? that? Are you and sure you know, about that? <laughs> have you, I forgot what his name was, but do you watch his skits? No. Who is that? Do you, do you, are you sure about that guy? Yeah, that's a no, that's that? like a new Netflix uh like hmm. comedy skit. It's got Key and Peel. It's kind of like Key really? and Peel. It's like a skit thing. Hmm. But uh oh my god, he's so freaking hilarious. He did a skit about like pay it forward. It was so funny. He did another one about like uh it's kind of like The Bachelor, but yeah. uh kind of but something else, but yeah. He's he's so funny. But yeah, I mean with this video right here, I guess I don't know, man. I knew I, I immediately looked at your face whenever they talked about it, like we blacked out this portion of the screen <laughs> due to private property laws. And I was like, oh, my God, get over yeah. it. I don't know. It's interesting. It is Ooh, interesting. I was dead ass thinking you were th you were going to show me like some body cam video no. of them like double tapping an alien or something like that. That's what I was. No, thinking. half the time when you see stuff like that, it's like, oh, that's stupid. That's BS. That's fake. But like this one just kind of struck me and I was like. 
I hit the okay. newsreel. Yeah. All right. Like you know, it, mm-hmm. it it's it's just kind of interesting. So, I, and I want to get your thoughts. Do you are you a believer? Do you think it's possible? I'm always a believer. Believer. Yeah. What's the yeah, imagine sure. the Imagine Dragon song that every like eight year old sings in their bedroom? No, I I believe in it. When, whenever it happens, whenever it happens, you know, I uh, I'm always willing to be open minded to that kind of thing. It's weird. Part of me is like. I'm like, oh, of course, I would love to know. Like, I would love to know the truth and, like, you know, find, like, whether it's real or not. But another part of me is like, be careful what you wish for, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Now, who's to say it's going to be, like, an Independence Day scenario where they're coming to, like, kill us all or something like that? Who, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Who knows? It's just, it's an interesting conversation. It's an interesting topic, if you will. Yeah, you know? it definitely is. And, you uh, know, I'm always willing to catch up on in, on the news of that. I'm surprised I didn't hear about that. That's surprising. Usually it'd be all over Facebook if that was the case. Yeah. Well, I don't know why. If it happened in April, I don't know why. I guess that it was just the body cam footage that got released. That that's why the news like picked it up and whatever. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I saw it shared around some over the last um over the last week or so and I was just kinda like On Twitter. Huh. Yeah, on Twitter. Like in the last okay. couple of days. And that's surprising. Um, if you think about it, like, because Twitter is supposed to be like immediate now kind of like I know. News. Yeah, I know. Um, and maybe, who knows, maybe it did kind of trend a little bit when it happened, but then, like, you know, you know, the yesterday's is news so is all saturated. Yeah. yeah. And really, in this day and age we live in, with especially with Twitter, an hour ago's news is old news. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's just, it, it's kind of interesting, but I don't know. Not really movie-related, but I wanted to get your thoughts because I thought it was interesting. It's fun. It's a fun conversation to have. It's pretty dope. Yeah. Um. Dude, that's another thing we need to hit up on Purely and Simple Evil is alien movies. Aliens. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Aliens and Zombies are my favorite, so I'm always down to check it out. There's a lot yeah. of movies that are like, there are aliens that I actually do enjoy. Yeah. So I know some can be kind of campy, but then there are some movies that I know, like, I mean, like, Attack from Mars. I mean, that's mm-hmm. like cult classic horror movie for some of you people. And, like, I'm not surprised if, you know, some of you are, like, big fans of that movie. Yeah. I love that movie. It's freaking hilarious to me. So. I um I've been watching uh 28 days later as a um cuz I I'm I'm in the process of making a video about that. I don't know like we're getting ready to tackle zombies on on the horror show and stuff like that and mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's I know a lot of people say 28 days later is not a zombie movie. First of all, you can Shut up! It's not a movie. <laughs> it, it just it is. Uh, but dude, I'm telling you, that is one of the scariest movies ever made. It really is. Like, and and it's not necessarily in a jump. I mean, it has jump scares, but there are some legitimately like eerie, creepy, like make you crawl out of your skin moments in that movie. And it's not even with gore. It's just like the atmosphere and the way it's filmed. They filmed it on like those digital cameras instead of like actual like cinematic film cameras so it, it just feels gritty and we it's weird it's very weird but it's such a good movie but, yeah i agree with you and so. is that is that going to be the first movie we check out uh probably not the first one but it's definitely going to be in there i, I think we'll if, if you're talking zombie movies i mean night of the living dead is kind of like the godfather of zombie movies you know what i mean so i think mm-hmm. we have to i think we got to check out night of the living dead first but we'll definitely sure. get to 28 days later um, so speaking of, uh, I don't even, I don't even know how I was going to, how I was going to segue into this, but, um, the lovely, it was his birthday, like a few days ago, 
Mr. Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. And I know here's where everybody's like, oh, shit. happy birthday. Dude, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, look, I have always been a huge Johnny Depp fan. I have, even despite everything that happened with Amber, even despite uh, the the lawsuit and the things said about him and the, the things that happened, I think Johnny Depp was a good person in a bad situation. That's my take on it. Uh, I I told Miguel this. I posted something about the. I, I rewatched the Pirates of the Caribbean film, Pirates of the Caribbean films, like three or four months ago. Mm-hmm. And after I watching the first one, I was like, "You cannot tell me that that first movie is not absolutely incredible." Like that. Shoot, those, those first three, like that first trilogy, is just it, it's it's mesmerizing. Like it's one of the best movie trilogies of all time. Hey, and I'd agree. I watched it like I watched the first one I think a couple of weeks ago and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'll be honest. It's amazing. I, I liked it for what it was. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um and I tweeted about it and I was like, you know, you can't deny that the movie's absolutely like it, it's incredible. It's a it's one of the best movies ever made. And I should have seen the comments, dude. I had like there were like 22,000 people that had like liked it or interacted with it or retweeted it or, but it also brought out all the crazies that were like, Oh, so you think like, I was like, the movie is incredible. And of course people are like, so you think domestic violence is okay. I was like, where did you, where did you get that from? Where did that come from? Um, anyways, but pirates of the Caribbean was in the news recently because obviously in the trial, uh, Johnny Depp had said that no amount of money could bring him back to Pirates and to Disney simply because of how they treated him when everything first came out. They didn't wait to see kind of about the um, the the outcome of the trial. They just kind of blacklisted him as soon as it all started. Um, mm-hmm. And they, I, I, I think they did him very dirty. Now, there was a, a rumored sixth installment for Pirates of the Caribbean for quite some time that was supposed to be a woman-led film uh, with Margot Robbie. Um, I think they announced it in 2018. And they were going to really... Jesus Christ, these yeah. past three years have just like melded together. I know. So it's been a little while since they announced a sixth installment. Now, I don't think it was actually supposed to be the sixth sequential movie. It was supposed to be kind of like a, a loose spin-off set in the same world set in the same time period things like that um i thought it was supposed to be like a reboot uh i i don't know if it was supposed to be a full-out reboot i think it was supposed to be set in the same um set like set in the same world necessarily mm-hmm. um but that has since been canceled and i believe it was margot robbie that was supposed to um that was supposed to kind of take the mantle on that it was like a large woman presence in the film and things like that um but of course that's been that's been canceled uh and they've still said you know disney has still said that they are currently making plans for a sixth slicks slicks snake slippery snakes um a sixth pirates of the caribbean film but what's interesting and why this has been in uh in the news and on social media lately is because Given the fact that the the outcome of the trial in the Johnny Depp Amber Heard case, and also mm-hmm. given the uh, given the the status of the franchise at this point, we haven't had anything since when did Dead Men Tell No Tales come out? Um, 
Ooh, what was it like? Twenty fourteen? I may be bad. Uh, two thousand seventeen. Two thousand seventeen. Oh, okay. And here's the deal. You know, I, I've I have a ton of love for this franchise. Those first three films are three of my favorite movies of all time. At Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End could very easily be in my top ten movies of all time. I think the third one is my favorite of the entire franchise. Um, it like it just it, it, they should have ended it there. It could have ended with that, and I'd have been completely fine. Um, and uh, but of course they did yeah, on Stranger Tides. I know, right? It made bank, which is like mm-hmm. no way. Um, but of course on Stranger Tides was decent. It wasn't terrible. Dead Men Tell No Tales. There was something about it that felt significantly cheaper. Which is weird because you would think, okay, they've had four successful films. They're raking in the dough. This should be like the best production quality and the best, you know, script and the best story and the best everything. But it just, it felt, I don't know. I remember the trailer was really cool. I was like, ooh, that's interesting and different, something cool. And then it was just kind of like, oh. Like some of the dialogue in Dead Men Tell No Tales is just kind of like. What, you think it felt cash grabby? Again, are you sure about that? It, it just—it was some strange choices made in that movie. Um, so, do I necessarily think it's? I, I want—I don't know. It's strange. I want more, but at the same time, I love it enough that I'm like, leave it alone. <laughs> don't touch it. I mean, yeah. do you think they should do more after Dead so. Men Tell No Tales? Mm-hmm. Just leave it alone. I think Dead Men Tell No Tales would have been fine as it was. I haven't really seen Dead Men Tell No Tales. What a tongue twister. But I know I, it's a, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. <laughs> That's a yeah. long title. Yeah, it is. But I mean, I don't know. It seemed like a decent end. And considering everything that happened, you know, since then, it doesn't really make sense for for Johnny Depp to make any sort of comeback with that movie in particular. Yeah. I mean, I saw I heard a report about how he got like Brendan Fraser treatment when he was doing uh press for another project that he was doing i think he should probably just i think he should probably kick back from from pirates and i know some pirate fans <laughs> are going to be really upset with that statement but yeah i mean he's i mean it's over i mean his his uh his career as as uh as captain jack sparrow is finished i think it i think it was told beautifully you know from what i can tell right and i think on stranger tides and dead man tunnel tales felt a little cash grabby for me so I think Dead Men Tell No Tales a little bit less than On Stranger. On Stranger Tides at least still had some, it still had the essence to it. You know what I mean? Dead Men Tell mm-hmm. No Tales felt so removed from everything else. I was just kind of like, all right, <laughs> like, like, okay, we're here. This is, this is fine. All right, Brad's face but approval is insane. It made eight hundred million dollars at the global box office. So of course Disney's going. Mm-hmm. You know. So, anyways, the the news here. And the reason that no pirates, no, or no, I messed, I screwed that up. Hashtag no Johnny, no pirates. That's what it was, has been trending is because Sean Bailey, um, who is a Walt Disney executive, kind of maybe teethed something. Uh, but he had said that when asked if Johnny Depp would return to Pirates of the Caribbean, post the legal battles, post the, the all of the drama, Mm-hmm. All that he would say was that Disney is non-committal at this point, so they will not comment on Johnny Depp returning 
or not returning. So basically they're just like, we don't have an answer for you. And it's like, okay, are, are you teasing that he could come back, that the door is still open? Or are you just like, we don't necessarily know what we're going to do. So we're not going to say yes. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. And I, I am kind of in the camp that without Johnny Depp, does anybody really care? I kind of don't think I do, if we're being completely honest. You know? Is is Pirates on by Disney? Yeah, dude. Well, yeah, the Disney ride, man. That's what started it all. It was based on the Disney ride. Hmm. I can see yep. it being, like, exploded into, like, a vast universe. They'll make it into a cinematic universe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could see that happening, unfortunately. I could see them. I don't think they it. should do that. Yeah. Yeah. I could if, see them rebooting. If they reboot it, it needs to be something completely night and day Separated. from what they did with Curse of the Black Pearl. I mean, it like none of the same characters. It mm-hmm. can be set in the same. I mean, obviously, it would have to be set in the late 1700s in that like time nope. 2012. frame. <laughs> do, 2012. Do the. Uh, um, what's the what's the Tom Cruise? Ma- I'm the captain now. What, what's the Tom Cruise movie? It's Tom Hanks, and that's Captain not Phillips. Not Tom Cruise, Captain. Yeah, we're talking about. Oh, yeah, we're Tom talking Cruise, Captain. We're talking Captain or Captain Hanks. Tom. I don't, and that's not some, a movie. And that's those aren't pirates that we want to like idolize. No, they, no, the they're not. Well, to be fair, you know, it's funny. I, again, weird things. I'm super invested in pirates. I've always been super interested in like that, like the golden age of pirates and that like time period. It's interesting because it's like they weren't they weren't good people, but at the same time they were really. If you Neither think was about this, Empire. I know. If you think about this historically, really, the pirates were the first people to like rebel against England mm-hmm. and against like the New World. You know, mm-hmm. they were just kind of. And it's funny because it, it piracy started off as just being like, hey. We don't want to be with you. Just leave us alone. You know, like, please leave they, us they alone. Didn't, they didn't want to partake in the in the trade. Right. In the trade that they were uh, being yes. pushed into. So yeah. They had to do their own. And it's funny because England actually kind of created their own problem because when France and other places started kind of uh, building up their empire, England was like, of course, England's like, you didn't say the magic word. Uh-uh-uh. Uh-uh-uh. Well, uh-uh. They had Samuel L. Jackson slamming a desk with a cigarette in his mouth. Um, by the way, Pir- or, uh, Jurassic Park just turned 30 years old, so happy birthday to Jurassic Park. Um, but England kind of created their own problem because they started, like, sanctioned piracy. Like, they had, like, English pirates that would essentially go and steal and kill people from other ships, like French ships and from other countries. To steal it for England. Really? Yep. And a lot of those pirates rebelled and were like, we're not doing this anymore. Huh. So, which is interesting because if you, again, I could talk about this for hours. Yeah. If you if you look at Jack. He was pretty Jack's much the same thing. Story, Yes, Jack was the same exact thing. The only reason Jack was branded as a pirate was because he rebelled against Beckett. And Beckett was like... Uh no. I think he, I think in the lore Beckett wanted him to take a group of slaves to England or something and Jack was like I'm not taking these people to be slaves and mm-hmm. Jack let him go. 
And essentially, I think he... That branded him a traitor and a pirate. Yes, he branded him a pirate and he sunk the Black Pearl, which was actually called... Uh, what was it called? Um, Come on, man. Get your, get, your, get your pirate trivia going. Shoot, what was the Black Pearl's original name? I forget. Um... You act like you have, like, Wikipedia, like, at the palm of your hand. I'm trying to log into my Wi-Fi right now because my, my, my computer can only do the podcast right now. Oh, really? Yeah. The, uh, the Wicked Wench, that's what it is. Ew, the Black Pearl was like originally... <laughs> yeah. The Black Pearl was originally called the Wicked Wench, and then after Jack was branded as a pirate, Beckett burned it and sunk it, which is why it turned all charred and black and that's when jack made the deal with davy jones to bring the to raise the pearl and that's how that that's how the whole that's how it all started so that's you know look at that but it's just it's kind of a cool it's a very interesting time period but all of that to say um i don't think they should continue the turret the the turret turret yes don't don't commit to it i don't think they should continue the current timeline of the franchise without Johnny Depp. I I don't I, I don't think it could work. I don't think it I don't know. Has Johnny Depp speaking up, for me, spoken Chief. about this before? I don't know if he's spoken recently. I know he said at one point he was like I'm I'm they could pay me 700 million dollars and I'm I'm out. Like I'm not doing it. I won't do it. Um because of how they treated him. Now, I don't know if that changes or if they apologized or if they made a deal with him and talked to him and had that conversation. I don't know if that would change things for him. Of course, I would love to see him back because, I mean, let's be real. Like him or not, the guy is the guy is insanely talented. He is. He took a, he took a leap <laughs> with Johnny Depp with this. Johnny Depp took a huge leap yeah. being this kooky pirate, but it worked. It worked. And he was just reeling it's, it in. It, it, it's the same kind of thing as like a Heath Ledger. Like it just, it, it's just like meant to be, man. Um, and it, you know what kills me? I don't know if I should get into this. I'm going to get into this. You know what kills me? You know, <laughs> I feel like Peter Griffin. You know what really grinds my gears? Um, what kills me is that like the Flash came out and everything was fine with the Flash, even though Ezra Miller literally was arrested like several times and was like proven to do these like awful things but like Johnny Depp was found 100% innocent and they still blacklisted him you know which I know it's two different studios it's Warner Brothers and Disney I get it I know but I don't know I don't know are you sure about that I lost all of that are you serious you did glitch a minute and I was like is he still all right can you hear me right now can you hear me now yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, can yeah. you hear me now? Well, what's funny is like I think that was I think that was I think that was like Amber Heard's PR team that was just like shut it down. <laughs> she had shut Trent. Down, she guys. said she said Trent shut their shit down right now. Shut it down. <laughs> oh man, SBC, what's going on, buddy? Austin said, "Hey guys, how we doing on this fine Saturday evening? We're doing fine as well, my brother." I think my AC awesome. blew, so I am. Yeah, Miguel. Right now. <laughs> Miguel is With not fine as wine right now. Literally within the next 30 minutes, I might have my shirt off. So prepare, mm. boys. Oh, just go ahead and take it off right now. Please, <laughs> oh, God. 
No. I'm doing you guys a um, favor with keeping it on. <laughs> uh, but guys, let us know in the comments below. Do you think Johnny Depp should continue uh, with Pirates of the Caribbean, or do you think it's time to just be like, nah, done? I would say nah. Call it. Call it. Done. Yeah. I don't know. I'm. I'm always. I, I've. I've always been Team Johnny. I just have. I have. I have. I hear. And you. our dads have golfed together, so that's that too. LOL. Typical Hollywood connection things. My uncle's cousin's stepdad's <laughs> second removed brother <laughs> had coffee with Johnny Depp's uh, <laughs> second cousin. But this is our dads, though. This is like the. Actually, what do they say when it's like the two? Uh, it's like however many people you are away from them. What's that called? I don't know. I feel like there's a name for it. Like however many people you are away. I don't know. I don't know. Bobby Lee ooh, says one more run at Pirates Forum. I could see one more to end it all. Mm-hmm. I could see, I, I could see it. I don't know if it's necessary because it's like where, where do you go from here? Legitimately, where do you go? Like, what do you do next? I mean, it ended with him, literally, as it always has, him on the boat, opening the compass, being like, oh, where to next kind of thing. Right. But at the same time, there was no cliffhanger. Like, at the end of part one, um, you know, it was like the – I guess part one was different. But, like, at the end of part one, there was the whole, like, um, essentially – like there was just this wide open road of like, okay, he's got the black pearl back. He can go do whatever he wants. At the end of part two, there was a cliffhanger at the end of part three part. The reason I think part three was perfect. Well, no part three did have a cliffhanger kind of because he took Barbosa stole the pearl and Jack stole the charts to the fountain of youth. So I guess there is a little bit of a cliffhanger. I don't um, know. Dead Man Tell No Tales had a cliffhanger. They had a post credit scene. In case you oh didn't, yeah, it did. did no, it was but, yeah. terribly done though. It was yeah. it was awful. They could have had, like had literally something to do with like Davy Jones again. Yeah, it showed Will. They see, damn it! They should have just not done the post credit scene because it showed Will and Elizabeth asleep in bed and the claw. But the thing is, the claw comes up and instead of being like a slow thing, it just goes Wacha! and then cuts to black, and it it literally looks like somebody with a, a claw on a pole going. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, and then it cuts to black. It's like, okay, that was kind of stupid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yes, thank you. Uh, uh, where'd you say it? Uh, Bobby said the six or seven degrees of separation. Yes. Yeah, so there's only one degree of separation between me and Johnny Depp. How about that? How about that? How That's cool such is a that? Hollywood thing to say. <laughs> uh, man, everybody's showing up. What's up, Gory Tiger? What's going on, man? Uh, Kyle Curtis Flett. Hey, Brad Miguel Austin. What's going on, buddy? Uh, the Kevin Bacon rule, six degrees from knowing Kevin Bacon. Yeah. That's true. Um, Austin said, I think they should either go in a new direction with the new characters and a new setting or just scrap the franchise or maybe a Disney Plus show. I'm a little Disney Plus showed out. I'm going to be real. Um, I, I, I've, I'm almost in the camp if they're going to do something with it. Just, just reboot it. But again, if they reboot it, it's got to be something like completely different. Like I don't want a I don't want like a Jack Sparrow recast or a Barbosa recast. Like I don't want any of that. Like just completely scrap the whole thing and start over fresh. Brand new story, brand new everything. So that's my take. If I said all these people are like getting kind of old too, so for them to keep going yeah. like that, it'd be really hard to watch. Yeah. yeah. Then again, we're seeing Michael Keaton drop in the fucking sky right now. That's fair. So that's fair. Uh, speaking of people getting old, 
This one hurts a little bit, and I know it hurts a lot of horror fans. It doesn't necessarily hurt me a lot because I think that he's had his heyday and we've gotten a ton of really, 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 really good films with him. But, of course, Robert England just celebrated uh, the release of Hollywood Dreams and Nightmares, which is the Robert England story. Um just released like a couple of days ago, three or four days ago, maybe. And it's about his acting career. It's about his life. Um, and in that documentary, Robert England had said his time has, you know, his time has come and gone as Freddie. Um, he had said that, you know, he, as much as he loved doing it and things like that, um, his body kind of can't take it anymore. He can't do the fight scenes. He's got, you know, a bad neck. He's got a bad back and he's got arthritis and he's like, he, you know, he, he's got issues. He, and he, he mentioned, you know, he can't do fight scenes. He can't do chase scenes. He can't physically, he can't do it anymore. And I understand that. I mean, look, you know, it's, it's the same kind of thing with Harrison Ford and Indiana Jones. I know a lot of it's people like everyone are expects, super... everyone expects these people to be like Tom Cruise level, like exactly. ready to go back into action. Right. But, I think people have to also keep their expectations in check here. Is Robert England iconic? Absolutely. Robert England seems like an awesome dude that I would love to just sit and have a couple beers with. Like, honestly, I, he just seems like that kind of guy. Like you could just sit and have a chat and like enjoy life together. Mm -hmm. Um, and he has done amazing things with Freddy Krueger over the last 30 years. But I think, with all of that being said, he is in it. How old is he? Let's see. Robert England. M. Goud. Wow, that's not what I meant to type. I typed in Robert M. Goud. He's okay. He's almost 80. He's 76 years old. I mean, legitimately, he hated the makeup back then in the, 80, in the 80s, in the 90s. Three decades ago, he hated the makeup. I don't see Robert England at 76 sitting there in the makeup. I know he did it for that show. What was that sitcom that he cameoed and he was in the makeup? Um, I don't know. How recently was this? Like a, two or three years ago. Wasn't that? It wasn't. Uh, uh, Are you about Stranger uh, Things? No, 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 no. He, like. He actually like cameoed as um as Freddy? As Freddy, yeah. What what TV show was that in? Um Goldbergs? Yes, the Goldbergs, yeah. I mean, he actually cameoed as Freddy Krueger in the Goldbergs. Did um, he really? Yes, the Goldbergs. Thank you, Austin. Um and it, it was just for like it was for like 30 seconds that he was in there. Um but he, he was on that sitcom, and, and I understand, like, you know, even Freddy versus Jason, look at, I mean, he the only reason he agreed to come back and do Freddy versus Jason was because they were like, okay, we have a way to not, you know, for the makeup to not take as long to go on. And that was essentially why he came back. So I understand his body. I need to watch that. I need to watch yeah. that. Uh, it's pretty cool. Cameo. Um, his body is tired. I mean, he he's, he's done a lot with that character and he's kind of in the mindset of like okay let i'm gonna give this to somebody else like let's pass the torch to someone and give them a fair shot because i mean let's be real let's be 100 real i mean i think jackie girl Haley 
was a really good Freddy in a bad situation because I don't think people were very receptive to him. Looking back on it, I actually don't think the Elm Street 2010 remake is that bad of a film. I think it's a pretty decent remake, if we're being completely honest. Um, and I don't think it ever really got its fair shake. And I think he did a really, really good job as Freddy in that movie. Um, some of the some of the delivery of the lines are a little over the top, but I think for the most part they nailed the 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 aesthetic of him. I know the look was a little whatever. The CGI burns kind of like he looks like a squirrel that's been run over by a car and then lit on fire like seventeen times. But you know, it is what it is. I mean, it's it's cool. Um, but I'm kind of in the camp. I'm like, you know what? Let's give it to somebody else. Like, let someone else take the mantle. Let someone else give their shot as Freddy. Shoot their shot as Freddy. And, um, yeah. So, I mean, I, who are you again, thinking, who, who you're wanting that to be? I don't know. I know a lot of people have said Kevin Bacon. Um, I'm not super, super picky about it. I know a lot of people are always like, you know, who would you have direct Halloween? I'm not super picky about who directs it. As long as it's handled well and as long as, um, it's handled with care and the writing is good and they somewhat, whoever does take on the role puts, you know, does their due diligence and puts their heart and soul into it. Like mm. I'm, I'm fine with anybody doing it. You know, honestly, I'm not super picky about that. Um, but I, I do think that Robert England's time has kind of come and gone and, and I think that's okay. I think he's, he will always be Freddie. Like the dude will always, 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 always be the iconic springwood slasher that he is um but i think in the end it's just it's he's out of time and he's done and that's okay and i think people need to let that just be okay that's all right yeah i think it's time to retire him honestly i'll be i'll be completely honest i think it is his time now if he wants to keep acting of course he can keep acting he can keep doing roles as long as he wants but again it's like the you know when i said about the keeping it in check thing i mean harrison ford god how old is harrison ford he's got to be in his 80s by now uh, Harrison Ford is, he's 80. He's 80 right now. And for all these people that are like, oh, the action sucks in, in Dial of Destiny. He's 80. Dude's not going to jump from trains in, in like he, it, it's just not going to happen, you know? Uh, so I think it's, it, again, if, and you think about it this way, if Robert, say Robert England did come back, say, okay. We're gonna do one last legacy Elm Street sequel. He's gonna come back. He's gonna play. The, he's gonna play Freddy again. Do we really want to? Do we want to see that? Do we want to see him like struggling through it, or it not at its full capacity of what it could be because he's older? You know what I mean? Of yeah, course, yeah. it's no fault to his own, but it's it's. I don't know. I I think we're ready to move on. I think I'm ready for something new. And I know a lot of people are like, you know, Robert England will always be Freddy. I get that. Robert is always Freddy. But Oh, my God. Let another man play, for God's sake. Jesus Christ. Let another person collect that check. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. Let me uh, – Let me. I'm going to show you this. Let me find this. Uh, what are you about to show me? I'm going to show you that Goldberg clip. Oh, my God. What? I cannot wait. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I remember – I've I I have never watched the Goldbergs ever, but I remember I I saw this. I watched this episode because I just want I I knew that he was going to be cameoing and I just wanted to see it happen. 
So, all right, here it is. The thing I loved most, movies. Adam, where'd you go? One, two, Fred is coming for you. Three, four, you better lock your door. Excuse me, hi. Um, I lost my little baby. His name's Adam, goes by Shmoo. Shmoo's not here. <laughs> oh, my God, you can just tell. <laughs> Take it you work here? Try again. Yeah, I don't have time for games. I lost my son. Bad mommy lost her little brat. I'm sorry. Who do you think you are? Your worst nightmare. <laughs> my... What the? My sweaters! You got good taste, lady. It's the voice, man. Yeah. In the I don't care what happens to me. I'm already living my worst nightmare. Huh? I, I thought I was doing a, a pretty damn good job here. No, you're great <laughs> with the knifey hands and the melting candle face. It's just... Adam said he wished I wasn't his mother. Oh, jeez. That's an awful thing to say. I'm gonna kill him. No. The more I think about it, I deserved what Adam said. I was terrible to Jackie's parents. Parents? Who needs them? I never knew any of my fathers, and I turned out just fine. I don't see how that applies to me, but I couldn't stand the Geary's because of the way they parented. But then they were able to help Adam, and I wasn't. Uh, this is getting way too touchy-feely for this cowboy. <laughs> it time <laughs> to die! No. Time to get my son back. Hey, I say the around here, lady. Not anymore, Mr. Kroger. <laughs> Kroger! <laughs> it's Kroger! <laughs> So, what? That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, yeah so that was it. But I don't know. Even the makeup, which I know they probably didn't go all out with the makeup, but that like, was straight I just, up a mask. Yeah, I, like I don't think it. I don't know. I, I think it's time for him to retire. I do. As I much do as I love him, at least retire as Freddie. I don't mean retire from acting, but I mean retire as. Now, like the stuff he did in Stranger Things, like the guy, you know, Austin said the guy who played Vecta in Stranger Things, he exudes Freddy vibes. Yes. I take that back. That's who I want to play Freddy. What's his name? Vecna dude. Wouldn't that be too on the nose, though? I don't know, man. He's he's good. Mm-hmm. He, now, he doesn't have to do... I think the voice is a little too deep. The Vecna voice is, like, down here. It doesn't need to be quite that low for Freddy. He can change it up a little bit. Um... But man, he would make a killer Freddy. Like, sick. It'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I think you could. I think you could do it. I think I think whenever Stranger Thing came out and Robert England was going to be cameoed in it, I remember people were like, that was like a topic of conversation right there. It's like, is this a passing of the torch kind of thing? Yeah. And I'm just like, I highly doubt it, man. Yeah. Still too on the nose for me for him to be it, I guess. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I think he's he, he's had his time and it's, you know, he, he's I get it. I, I understand being, you know, he actually mentioned in that documentary. He was like, he actually said Kevin Bacon would be a really good replacement for him. Kevin Bacon. Why? Know, a people? lot of a lot of people think Kevin Bacon. I don't know why. Who's, I'm when not. When did Kevin Bacon come into play? I, I don't know. I would personally like somebody a little bit younger. I mean, it can't be like a 20 year old, but it, it also can't be like a 70 year old. Either. I Kevin don't know Bacon's how. Kevin Bacon's not 70, is he? No, he, that's not what I meant. Uh, how old is Kevin Bacon? 
How old's the old Kev? Jeez, there's so many Kevins in Hollywood. Uh, 64. So not super, super far off. I must say, damn. 64. How old was Jackie and the reboot? Um, let's see. Jackie Earl Haley. Um, Jackie Earl Haley is 61. He's 60, he's 60 now, but like, what was he at the time of? He's 61, so in 2010, he would have been, I can't math. In 2010, he would have been what? 13 years. So, you're watching me fail at math right now. That's fine. We still love you. What would that have been? I'm on the spot. I'm not going to, I'm not going to think of it. He was like around 47. Okay. So yeah, I would say somebody in their forties could probably do Freddie really well. Yeah, yeah. Unless because... I just math the shit out of that band, so please comment. <laughs> if yeah. we just if we just bomb that, please let me know. Forty nine. Austin said forty nine. Austin. <laughs> Austin's better at math than me. That's okay. Uh, I def twelve out of ten had to take remedial math my senior year of high school, but it's okay. That's fine. We all love you. It's okay. Really good at English. Really terrible at math. Part of the reason, though, is that I can't stand math. Few things make me as angry as math does. And what is the other? I don't know. Not math. So it's just math, guys. Yeah. Uh, Jack Black in, in School of Rock. Math is a wonderful thing. I thought you were saying, like, Jack Black is one of the things you hate. Math is a really cool thing. So get off your ass and do some math. Math, 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 math. What movie was that from? School. School of Rock? Leave. Get out. Leave. Guys, this has been fun. We've It's been real. It's been fun. We've had seasons. <laughs> School of Rock is such awesome, an man. asshole thing to do. Austin said, bro, I'm a plumber. I have to do math all day. Yeah. Well, that's it, man. That's it. I can do basic math. Like I can I can count money. Dude, can we? I am sure about that. I can I can count You sure about that? I can count money, but when they're like You sure about that? Here, do this advanced geometry. I'm like, who the wait why? 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 There was I, I kid you not. So you have to take a test to become a teacher. Y'all know I'm a teacher. You have to take a test called the Praxis to become a teacher. Tell me why I had to answer calculus questions to be a teacher. Why? I like if you're going to be a math teacher, I I I get it. Sure, of course. But I'm not a math teacher. Like Hey, but you know what? You pass why? and you're happy. Yes, that's true. That's true. That's true. Uh so one more the biggest news story of the night. Um and by the way, if you haven't left it a like already, go ahead and do so. If you haven't joined the Let's Talk Movies Facebook group, go ahead and do so. If you haven't kissed us on the cheek, go ahead and do so. Um, just right through your screen, just lay them on. Uh, the biggest news story of the night is, you know, we've talked about this for a long time, um, both on the show and off the show. Miguel, just you and I together when we're eating dinner and drinking a bottle of wine together. Um, in bed. Like but wine. also, huh? I don't like wine. Oh, well, then who was I drinking wine with in bed? You know the boyfriend, I guess. Look at that. Oh, well, whatever. <laughs> my my wife is just, He's low-key selling. My wife is just there. 
But we've talked Keep about this. That hole. For, we've talked about this for a while that the multiverse saga just doesn't necessarily feel like it's hitting as hard or that we have the same sense of direction as the infinity saga did. And I know there are a lot of people that are like, Oh, it'll never be the same again. They'll never reach the same height that they did with infinity war and Endgame. yada, yada, yada. I don't necessarily believe that. I think the potential is there to continue the trend and to continue making really, really, really good Marvel films um, and even TV shows. But I, like I said before, earlier in the show, I'm a little burned out of the Disney Plus shows. I'm going to be real. And this news that we're about to hit on is good. It's a good thing for the Disney Plus shows. Um, but, you know, when I look at films like Thor Love and Thunder, I, I thought Thor Love and Thunder was, it was fun. It wasn't, like, atrocious. Well, you heard what Chris Hemsworth said about the movie. Yeah, I saw that where he said it was too goofy too, or too silly or something. Too silly, yeah. Why'd you look at me like that? I was like, what word are you about to try to say right now? Too goofy. Um, yeah, I, I did see that. You know, a, a, Thor Love and Thunder had a really good villain. Christian Bale was a cool, cool, cool villain. And if it would have been in a little bit more serious of a movie, he could have been like top tier Marvel villain, you know? Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, it was surrounded by kind of a, a goofball fest. And again, that I get it. I get having humor. The MCU has always had a level of humor to it, even in the more serious entries. Even I mean, Endgame had a little bit of humor in it. You know what I mean? I think it was like at the. I think it was. I think Guardian of the Galaxy, Volume One, was when it turned. Really? Yeah. Because that's where it was. I, I guess I that's I where like that. that's where like seriousness with humor, both heart, kind of made Guardians of the Galaxy so popular at the time. Right. And it made it made a comic book group, I guess, blow up. I guess in terms of popularity, yeah. because Guardians of the Galaxy weren't really that popping, you know, at the time. But with what James Gunn did, really gave it heart, comedy, and made it mm -hmm. such a popular group that literally the MCU was just like, or Disney for that matter, was just like, let's do this again and again and <laughs> yeah. again. This formula works. Right. And obviously it's not now at this point because you could well, you could feel that vibe of forced comedy in, in some of the MCU and it kind of like pulls it away from from the seriousness or from the it doesn't it, it gives it gives like a sense of like out of theater experience if that makes sense like yeah. it pulls you out of the movie yeah, more yeah. than you'd like and it's just so funny to watch it's just so funny to watch some of these Marvel projects continue to like not miss the mark to some degree mm -hmm. but then the guardians literally regurgitate the same formula oh. and knock it out of the park like well, for volume two was good and volume three was the epitome of like you know what james gunn could have done with the mcu and yeah but the thing is i don't think it stuck to that same formula it oh no it did thor thor love and thunder Thor Love and Thunder, like, it, some of the, I mean, there were funny moments, but I never felt like there was a moment of real stakes and real seriousness. You know, if you go back to the beginning of this saga, Loki and WandaVision were stellar, fantastic. I was like, all right, this is going to be cool. I dig this. Um, 
You all right? <laughs> what did I just hear? I think you just heard my chair. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Is Godzilla chair. outside your house? Like, um, my chair. no, but I, you know, the, the first two Disney plus series were really, really good. Spider-Man no way home was really, really good. Like it felt like, okay, here we're, we're sticking with it. But then you had the Eternals and Shang-Chi and, you know, even Dr. Strange. I thought Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness was going to be like top five for me. Mm-hmm. And it, it was good. It was not a bad movie. I enjoyed it a lot. But it was kind of like a Halloween kill scenario where I was like, oh. That was... Oh, oh, okay. Oh, oh, I'll tell you again. Oh, you're not oh, supposed oh, to like every oh, project, man. I know. I know. And, and, and you're not going to. I, I'm, I'm not really a fan of the Eternals. Like there, there have been several entries in the multiverse saga that I'm just kind of like, I don't really care. But what I will say is that even with No Way Home, I think Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 was the first time I've felt that classic MCU flair and energy. Rick flair. That, woo! It's the, it's the last time that I've... I, or the, the first time that I've felt that energy since the Infinity Saga, if that makes sense that felt like, wow, this is a part of that universe. Mm -hmm. The other stuff I think largely has felt so disconnected from like the, the larger picture that it's just kind of like, what, you know, it's, it's very strange. It doesn't feel, I don't know, man. It just, it hasn't felt connected. It hasn't felt like it's, it's cut from the same cloth. It feels like we're just telling individual stories throughout the universe. And if they're trying to do that, that's fine. But then why even have a universe, you know? Why why make them connected if they're not necessarily going to be... If the only connection is, oh, there's this post credit scene that's going to drop... No, like, the Infinity Saga, it got to the point where, like, what was happening in each film mattered to what was happening in the next film, you know? And no, not every single film was like that. But it, you know, even No Way Home, No Way Home was incredible, but it still felt like its own thing. Because we're tying in the Toby stuff and the Andrew stuff. Um, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, I felt like the Illuminati stuff was not handled very well. Um, yeah, I agree with you. It, it wasn't... It was decent, but it, it was it was arguably one of my least favorite parts of the entire movie, to be honest. Because it Illuminati. just kind of felt... Yeah, because it's like, here's this... It's supposed to be like the the elite group of super beings in the multiverse. And Wanda just kind of like ripped them apart like they were nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, it was cool. Yes, it had horror elements and it was Sam Raimi and all that cool stuff. But um, it didn't hit like I thought it was going to hit. Um, now, there's been a lot of questions about the creative process at Marvel Studios and things like that. And there is a new report and a new expose written by Maureen Ryan titled Burn It Down. And it's basically it's described as an investigative study of what's gone wrong in Hollywood in terms of its culture, its bias and problems surrounding past and present television shows and its major production companies. That's essentially what it is. And in this expose, it outlines some of the issues that Marvel Studios has been having in the post-Endgame world. 
So let's go. We're, we're going to go through that article together um, just because I think it's it's important that you all see what we're seeing. You know, we're not trying to BS you. Uh, not that you would think we are being BSing you at all. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, but anyways, Marvel Studios, international problems exposed by new report. Um, a new book just revealed uh, the why behind the issues plaguing Marvel Studios' Disney Plus series. Written by reporter Maureen Ryan, we just read that. Burn It Down is an investigative study of what's gone wrong in Hollywood in terms of its culture, bias, and problems surrounding past and present television shows and its major production companies. Maureen Ryan's expose, Burn It Down, provided new insight as well as an explanation for Marvel Studios' recurring issues, particularly in terms of MCU Disney Plus television shows. According to Ryan's sources, multiple TV veterans have taken meetings with Marvel Studios with some expressing a lack of interest due to a lack of autonomy. At Marvel Studios, the lead writers on its MCU Disney Plus series are credited as head writers rather than showrunners. Meanwhile, Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige and other executives are marked as executive producers. Granted, this particular practice isn't wholly unusual, but that's not, at our, or that's not all the author described or where the problem ends. According to a TV veteran, the author referred to as Steve, Marvel executives are often in the writer's room as well. Another source labeled as Emma confessed Lucasfilm utilizes the same practice while also referencing a time when an executive referred to themselves as the showrunner. A potential problem, go away, ad. Oh, I can't, ad can't go, whatever. Uh, the potential problem with executives in those roles and in these rooms is that the question of whether final decisions are motivated by story or what best serves the next film or series on the assembly line. Now, I'm going to pause there for just a minute. That's interesting because I think, especially when you get into these cinematic universe things, you have to decide here. Are, are they trying to tell the best individual story that they can while still linking in with everything else? Or are they just trying to make an assembly line of films that connect somehow? I mean, what, what do you think? Do you think they've, do you think it feels like as a fan, don't think about it as, as a movie person or whatever else, just as a fan, do you think it's felt assembly line ish? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Austin agree. Austin said cough cough the book of Boba Fett. I'm not a Star Wars guy. Miguel would have to attest to that. You thought that was assembly line? I could see that. I could see a lot of the projects right now from Star Wars being assembly line. And I think that's something that's definitely uh I think I saw I think I read somewhere someone from Acolyte, uh one of the showrunners or producers of Acolyte made like some their interview got leaked or something like that. And she was talking all about how, oh, okay, bye. And she was talking about all, she was talking all about like how they're trying to steer away from like the whole showrunner, like, is this what George Lucas would want kind of thing? Like yeah. George Lucas no longer holds the key kind of thing. Like the universe can build on its own. The universe can be its own kind of thing or something like that. Like he was trying to steer away from like what George Lucas initially right. wanted and just start pushing things out left and right, left and right. And I could see that. And honestly, in regards to Lucasfilms and partially with what's going on with Disney, if that makes sense. I think Disney has a real problem of just wanting to push things out on the market instead of telling a good story. And that goes the same for all of the projects, whether that's Avatar, Star Wars, Marvel, and what else? Pirates now, if we're, if we're getting there. 
That's fair. And um, yeah. live action, live action remakes, and they just want to push things on the assembly line, no matter what the story is. And if it has a good title, it's going to be put out there, kind of thing. Like yeah. the only thing that matters is what gets the what gets the seats, what gets the ass on the seats, pretty much in the theater. Yeah. Not, not uh, is this something that's going to like give them the experience that they want or continue on the narrative that is something is a story that they want to present, I guess. Right. Well, at the heart of it, I think it's really important that, um, a, all of this may be changing. B, I think from their perspective, it's, it's important. I would much rather you tell me a really good story than see a really, really cool post-credit scene that ties into what comes after. I mm-hmm. think it's important, yes, one of the things that they do so well is giving you that those those breadcrumbs of what's to come, but I think it, it cheapens, it even cheapens that if the story you're trying to tell isn't really, like, that great, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think, like, Austin, what you said, qu- uh, quantity over quality is what Disney wants, that's changing, and we're getting into that right now, or at least I hope that that's changing. For well, the- I don't even. Disney's not even the only one that's like uh, affected. Yeah. That is like playing in this. Who's who owns Transformers? Who owns Hasbro? I don't know. Is it is it Universal? Uh, no. Or I want to say it's Warner Brothers. I think it's Paramount. Paramount's owned by. Warner Bros. too, right? Um, let me see. Paramount. Yep, Paramount. Okay. They're doing the same thing. Just shooting out quantity over quality. Right. And if you guys care about being spoiled, because I, <laughs> I didn't I didn't watch the movie. I just got spoiled with that post-credit scene. Do you want to know what happens at that post-credit scene? In what? Of Transformers Rise of the Beast? Yeah, tell me. I don't care. Okay, so our, our fears have been confirmed. It is, it is confirmed that they are connecting uh, Transformers with G.I. Joe. That it connects to the storyline. And if that makes it even more painful, it's supposed to connect to, like, the original, like, Rise of the Cobra. So it's, like, technically a prequel. I, and that's I, like at least what I understood from the post credit scene and what people have talked about. And honestly, man, it's gotten to the point where we've kind of gotten like full circle with this whole like uh, big name movie uh, projects, if that makes sense. Like if it doesn't end up working out, you might as well tell a story to the point where it reboots the whole thing. Yeah. And you can keep the cycle going. I'm going to be real. I deadass thought you were going to be like they're crossing Transformers over with 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 fast. Fast it could very well happen like, if you think like, about oh, it. If you think about it, it very well could happen. I think what they want to do, what Paramount wants to do, is do like a Hasbro universe. Fine, that's fine. Is it? Did I? Did I think that? Are you sure about that? Are you sure about that? Personally, I didn't mind like the Michael Bay Transformers. I thought no, I like the first couple. I thought it ended fine after uh, Dark of the Moon. I thought it did. So but then when we started getting, reason. but when it started getting to like the whole like soft reboot, to then the whole reboot, and then to the next like you know, 
it ended up being an actual prequel kind of thing. I don't even understand the like, timeline. The like, timeline I, is like all sorts of fucked if you're thinking about it. Like, but again, I'm not understand. one to I'm not one that follows that movie all that much. But just basing on what I've like watched on social media, <laughs> it seems like that's what's happening. If I'm wrong, correct me, guys. But I worry that's like the for, the mass formula for these big name projects like like Star Wars and the MCU and DC, which is what DC is doing right now too. It's like they're doing a mass reboot because their entire like Whedon cut and Snyder cut has completely failed. And the and the Dwayne cut, if that makes sense, is Dwayne cut. Oh yeah. Of Black Adam. Yeah. So like all that's failed. So they're just gonna have to do a reboot or some sort of mass change to like keep the story going. And if there's another fail, they're just gonna do the reset button. Yeah. And I think I can praise Marvel right now because they're at least trying to keep pushing forward, if that makes sense. Yeah, and again, when we get to the end of this article, I do think a lot of this is getting ready to change. I will say real quick, you mentioned The Rock. I Dude, I, I partially feel bad for The Rock because The Rock was Bro, he put so, all of his marbles in that. He put so much time and effort hyping up Black Adam and then like literally as soon as Black Adam came out they were like and here's James Gunn and we're gonna start brand new and it was just like oh mm-hmm. and you know what oh. that's part that's partially on Warner Bros for being honest it is it is yeah. I think they've been scrambling with DC for a long time I really honest to God I think the best thing DC has going on right now is the Matt Reeves Batman universe I really do 100% yeah 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 um yeah uh where where was i Uh, a marvel insider pulled back the curtain of mcu uh, mcu television's modus operandi where a writing team helmed by head director is assembled but ultimately overseen by a marvel executive as marvel studios expanded alongside its output of content those put in charge ultimately lack experience and due to the uh, the rapidity of the mcu machine there's too much to juggle and not enough time to learn the insider went on to note that marvel wasn't always this way and how kevin feige used to go around and be the problem solver on the movies now there's too much happening in all areas which is why everything is wildly uneven As the studio's current TV process, writers, including the head writer, are often gone once production begins and after they have uh, completed their number of scripts, a new team is then left to deal with on-set rewrites. Again, things aren't that different over at Lucasfilm. A source referred to as Christopher described how Lucasfilm script coordinators and writers' assistants never spoke to the showrunner yikes and changes or revisions based on producer and director notes ultimately bypassed the showrunner altogether yeah in addition the same source connected to marvel employees relayed that producers would pitch an idea to a writer assign them an outline and then have it thrown away before assigning them another of course this issue isn't uh with the issue with this isn't just a lack of direction but the absence of single creative vision Christopher went on to point out that an individual may be labeled and even promoted as head writer, but ultimately, the title isn't always accurate given the ever-changing setup. In the end, as he explained, head writers are not running any show. They have no real power. And that is very interesting. That It, it sounds, the way that that was described, I know that's a lot of titles and a lot of different things. It, it almost seems like they would have a set of writers, but then the execs, 
by the time it made it to the director when they were actually doing it and mm-hmm. like filming it and act- it was in production it had been changed by so like there were so many different hands in the pot that it was just like oh it, and it it just doesn't it it's like the the continuity's gone the as they said the autonomy is gone and from the way that Maureen Ryan describes this it almost makes me feel like okay there used to be a singular creative vision and Kevin Feige would then come in and say okay here is how uh essentially here's how um this is going to tie into this and Kevin Feige would kind of fill in the gaps you know what i mean but essentially it's like when there's that many hands in the pot how do you tell a good story how do you tell a singular story with any type of creative vision when there's nine different creative visions trying to all throw their creative vision it's just it's too much you know it's like the it's like the mcu it's like the mcu is kind of doing like a whisper game to the point where it ends up being in yeah the point when it ends up in production you have like from what started from the writers ends up being some complete vastly different to what was supposed to actually be on the on the screen yeah and yeah what's up savannah hey i agree with you so much in regards to like how it's being taken care of nowadays and that's just you know that's kind of just how the bureaucracy of hollywood always ends up being like when you have something that's like so like small but growing into something so massive you're gonna end up being hell-bent on the on the uh what's it called on the bureaucracy again of like how hollywood works like you end up a cog in the machine Mm -hmm. and that's something that a lot of people in hollywood end up falling victim to i think the mcu probably ended up ended, ended up like that uh, following the Disney um, buyout, and yeah. with Disney continue, perpetually using that machine or using that formula for all of the projects, we're noticing that with every single project, whether mm-hmm. that's Pirates, MCU, Avatar, or Star Wars. I mean, when you look at what happened with Lucasfilm, like everything seemed like a vast universe, but it was all held together by a singular line that right. that was what George, George Lucas tried exactly. to do. He was the creative vision. He was it's, the creative visionary. You know. He had the gate. People don't like that, I guess. And I think if Austin, if you can help me out, who's who's the producer or whatever for like Acolyte? Because I remember she did some like leak thing. What is she had Acolyte? an interview. Is that a, is that a Acolyte Star Wars is, show? it's a it's a soon to be Star Wars show. Okay. The, sh- the idea of the show is pretty cool, but she had some interview and she said she said some really I'll questionable be, things right about back. about um, about Lucasfilm. And I think that kind of is like what I'm seeing with what's going on with the MCU, whereas like. They kind of want to, like, do their own thing and not and and pretty much say, like, Kevin Feige doesn't have the key to it kind of like thing. Same thing with they're doing with George Lucas and they kind of just want to branch out this vast universe and shoot as much uh projects out of there but at the same time nothing's being correlated together there's no singular line if it makes sense it's like think of it as like the tva thing and like loki where like you had one singular universe but then with the amount of like the tier the deviations you end up with this entire vast like uncontinued uh universe or whatever so that's like not able to be linear or follow some sort of storyline. And we ended up with not knowing what the hell is going on. And the quality goes down as simple as how it goes. 
So I think that that's probably what's happening with uh, with how things have been going with this writer stuff. And I can't tell. I can't really. I was curious to see like how this article plays in with like the whole writer strike thing, because I figured like what's happening right now mm. with like Marvel and Disney. It has to attribute to what's going on with the writer strike, right? Leslie Headland. Leslie Headland. That's the name I'm thinking of. She literally just obliterated what George Lucas wanted, his entire vision. And pretty much said the prequels were trash. And people are coming to a newfound love for what's going on with the prequels. Without the prequels, we wouldn't have had like stuff like the Clone Wars and Obi-Wan or or the show Kenobi and stuff like that. So like or have such a good show of like the Mandalorian now, I guess, if that makes sense. I'm, like without it, without the prequels, we wouldn't have any of these projects, if that makes sense. And to just like belittle it and say, nope, we're gonna do our own thing. I'm asking this in complete ignorance. Like I'm I'm being a hundred percent like I'm not trying to BS anybody. I legitimately don't know because I'm not like again, I have an appreciation for Star Wars. I am not a hardcore Star Wars person. Were the prequels helmed by george lucas like was that a part of his vision or Mm -hmm. was that were the prequels helmed by george lucas was that a part of his vision or was that someone that said oh we could do a new trilogy and make more money off of this no the prequels were his thing okay so he did do them like they were he was like he put his stamp of approval on the prequels yeah Okay. And I think the thing I think what people are I didn't know. are wanting more now is the fact that like people are not wanting people like Leslie don't want uh George Lucas to have the keys to the kingdom, I guess, the keys to the story. Yeah. And she I remember she said something like people are expecting like all these people like when they're coming in with these showrunners, people are expecting George Lucas and not people who and not people who are just going to like end up being like, yeah, it was his overall vision of what Anakin's story was and his fall to the dark side. So that was his stamp of like that. That was that was he was okay. he was go green with that. And I think now it's what's going on with Lucasfilm is like with this person like Leslie, she doesn't want she she doesn't feel like that's needed anymore. She doesn't think George Lucas is needed mm. to have hold the keys. But then you end up with pretty crummy projects like the Book of Boba Fett. If that makes mm. sense. And I know that could be, you know, debated. But if if that's the case, then you have people like... But then you have people like Dave Filoni and John Favreau who, create, who are creating these awesome shows and following the continuations of what George Lucas wants. And those, those shows are doing great. Yeah. You know, some of them have their faults, but they are doing fantastic, if that makes sense. And... If you keep that singular thing of like it has to follow the story of what it used to be, you have to you have to at least be able to appease the old fan base because if you don't, you're losing the foundation of what the franchise was, if that makes sense. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's what's happening with Marvel right now and DC or no with just Marvel and Disney is that they're just they're not really adhering to like how it used to be with like the MCU and like how the formula used to be. And they just want right. to start shooting projects out just so they can build their franchise. And that's never a good idea. Well, I, I think follow you put story it and follow, follow the story as it goes and get quality over quantity. Yeah. 
you put it best earlier. I mean, it Marvel is a machine at this point. That it is. That's what it is. And when you have a machine that is that big, obviously there is no possible way that one person or even a couple, two or three people could write every single project of of this universe and tie it all together and wrap it up in a bow. You couldn't do that, which is why as she describes in this uh in her exposé and as this article kind of describes Kevin Feige was the fixer. He would have a creative visionary say, "Okay, you're going to write this story. But when you're done, I'm going to come and and help you fill in the gaps and connect this to everything else that's happening." Again, James Gunn, perfect example. Um he had, he James Gunn's pretty active on Twitter again. There's Twitter again. He's pretty active on Twitter and he's pretty open and honest about things. Um like his work and production and things like that. And he had said, you know, like with the the F bomb thing, he was like Kevin Feige was like, "Do you want to be the the person that has the first MCU F bomb?" And he was like, "Yes." And Kevin Feige was like, "Okay, do it." Like I think I don't think Kevin Feige is this dude that is like I have to be in complete creative control of everything. Like, no, I think he's totally fine. And I think he knows that it works to give people creative control. But the thing is when you have a machine this big, it takes a lot of people to make it happen. But I think where the problem is lying with Marvel and I guess with Lucas films as well, is that it's like you have a, you have a set of writers in the writer's room and they're doing their thing. But then by the time it gets passed to the executives, Kevin, they're, you know, they're trying to put out so much content. Kevin Feige doesn't have time to make it around everything and to, uh, you know, to, to really take the time to nuance things and to, to turn them into what they're supposed to be. Um, and then it, by the time it gets passed to the, to the directors, you're on like the third, fourth, fifth version of what it was originally supposed to be in the first place. And that's where the autonomy comment comes in. There's no there's no autonomy. The, what's actually passed on to the director and to the, the, the actual showrunner and to the people making the show or the film or whatever could be a completely different story than what the writers originally wanted to tell. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the problem is. So obviously the answer to that would be to give more creative control to the writers, give them more say in the process of leading into the production of the movie or the TV show or whatever you're talking about, you know, give them more autonomy and more creative control and then have Kevin come in and say, okay, this is what we need to fix. This is what we need to do. This is how it's going to tie into the rest of the universe. But the thing is to do that. And this is where, this is where I think the the Walt Disney Studios. You kind of need to downsize in. your entire studio. Well, not even in personnel. I'm not even thinking personnel. I'm thinking you need to downsize your output. You need to put out less and focus on what you are putting out. Instead of trying to put out three Disney Plus shows and three movies a year, put out two Disney Plus shows and two movies a year, like a, a Disney Plus show and a movie in the first half of the year and another Disney plus show and another movie in the second half of the year. Like mm-hmm. don't try to, it just, it feels like they've thrown so much at the wall between Loki and she Hulk. And uh, what are the, what other shows are there even? I don't even know. Moon Knight. And Ms. Moon Knight and what if, and Miss Marvel. Yeah. It's just like, there's so Zombies. much going on. 
Yes. Hawkeye. There's so much stuff. Hawkeye. I, for, I see. I forgot about Hawkeye. There's so many of them. I've forgotten what they are. You say that, but Hawkeye was probably the best one out of it that connected. No, the, well, the... don't get the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Don't get me wrong. There have been good ones too, but like Sea Hulk, meh. Um, Moon Knight was good. I don't know. I still haven't really made up my mind on Moon Knight. I liked it. It was good. it was good, but it also felt completely not even somewhat related to anything else that was going on, which is okay. I'm not saying every single project has to tie in to the next thing. Um, but I think when it comes to this, they have to drastically downsize their output and the number of things they're putting out every year. And they need to focus on that autonomy from beginning to end, having a clear vision from the writers in the writer's room to what ends up being filmed. Because that's what made WandaVision like so good. WandaVision felt like it was one planned out story from beginning to end. It did. And it kept you guessing and it kept you, you know, I, I, I don't know. It kept you guessing and it kept you wondering and all those things. Um, but like, you know, I, it just, She-Hulk is, is the perfect example. She-Hulk was a good idea. But it felt like there were so many different ideas about how to make it funny. And there were so many different things going on. It's just like, what just happened? You know, Mm -hmm. it's just a lot. Uh, Austin said, huge example. And Miguel, I want your thoughts on this. Think of J.J. Abrams. uh, Think of J.J. Abrams had 100% complete control of the sequels without K.K. dipping her hands in the pot. Think of how different the sequels could have been. Yeah, so like that's kind of what I was Who's thinking KK? right there. What's KK? Oh God, I forgot. I can't remember her name. But like, it's the same process that was going on right now with like how like executive producers and all that stuff are like chiming in and putting their hands in a cookie pot. Way too many hands. And at least from my point of view, man, what I thought of whenever uh, the Force Awakens came out. That was around the same time where, like, Disney was, like, collecting all of these things, yeah. all of these properties. They were collecting their Infinity Stones. They were collecting, <laughs> like, all these franchises and stuff like that. And when I was, like, just catching it all in, Kathleen Kennedy. Oh, okay, Kathleen Kennedy. whenever they were collecting all these, I kind of knew from the get-go, I was like, Star Wars is going to get diluted again, if that makes sense. Because, like, after the events of, like, the prequels, you know, we had the Clone Wars, and we had rebels and stuff like that but when they started making these bigger projects the force unleash granted was a copy of new hope it was still kind of original it was pretty unique and they were doing like they were doing like big changes they were gonna take big risk but then i think they just went real safe they just went real safe with uh, what they wanted to do because they had so many other projects happening. They still had the MCU. Mm. They still had a bunch of other properties that they wanted to hone in more. So they, so when it came to Kathleen Kennedy, she just, you know, they just wanted to play it safe. And I think from the get go, it just was not going to work out all that well. Now with what JJ Abrams wanted to do, you know, if he had full control, I could totally see it being like a decent sequel to, what we had in the prequels. I could see that as a decent sequel, if that makes sense. It'd be a good trilogy. But then whenever we had so many people like having their hands in it and saying, nope, this doesn't work or this doesn't work, does not follow any type of continuity or they want to do something completely different. I could not follow anything with the new, the new trilogy. I could not follow anything at all because it was already being changed. 
uh, retconned or completely uh, rewritten to something that I can't really follow anymore. Is that part of what happened with The Last Jedi? Or was yes. that was that a separate issue just in if terms that makes, of like, so the choices made? The Force Awakens was fine for what it was. It was kind of like a cut and, cut and paste kind of thing. But then The Last Jedi pretty much is like, just like, I'm just saying done with done with luke skywalker done with the whole skywalkers uh the whole ray thing making her someone completely not completely like a nobody that would have been cool that was a pretty big risk to make her just a complete nobody and people were kind of into it but then whenever but whenever return of the jedi came or rise or some I, I forget the fucking name but when that came out they pretty much said nope she's she's actually daughter of palpatine or something like that like just like like they just wanted to shove they wanted to do rewrites but they also wanted to give fan service and when they were doing that they were they just kept stepping on each other's toes and they were just trying to do they're trying to do quantity over quality if that makes sense it it sounds like marvel and lucas are having the same issues in terms of like the right there are so many people with their hands and trying to write and produce these shows that they're mm-hmm. stepping on each other's toes and they're mm-hmm. rewriting what was rewritten by the person rewriting it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot. Now, if we finish out this article, Hey, whatever, whatever Thanks. sizzles your sausage, you do what you do. E- Eckrick. So smokes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't talk. Uh, Eckrick smoked sausage. I can't. Why am I saying smoked? Smoked sausage. I sound like I'm from 1971. Smoked sausage. Uh, is this still a problem at Marvel Studios? It's no secret that Marvel Studios has struggled with its quality of Disney Plus series in recent months. Following the success and acclaim of WandaVision, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and Loki, subsequent series suffered criticism for their lack of connections, poor CGI, and convoluted storytelling. The, the CGI is a whole other issue that we talked about on the show before um, about like they want all of this CGI done in like way too little of times and things like that. Um, a few people that worked on Spider-Man No Way Home actually had even mentioned that. Um, and then the lack of connection things, like we said with, um, you know, with, with She-Hulk and with Moon Knight and all that stuff, it just, it, it, it doesn't feel connected to everything else going on. And a lot of people took issue with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether Ryan's burn it down is an accurate picture of what's truly happening behind the Marvel studios curtain. is difficult to say. Difficult productions, perspectives, and experiences often differ and may even be unaware of the extent of the story. However, if what Ryan's sources detailed is true, it would explain the lack of cohesiveness and quality, which was once a hallmark of MCU storytelling. Still, as the expose's sources acknowledged, Marvel wasn't always this way. The details, uh, the issues detailed in the book likely stemmed from the studio attempting to launch its new saga amidst COVID-19 and worldwide theater closures, as well as pressure from Disney executives for more Disney Plus content. And that's the other thing you have to remember is, you know, that when when Disney launched Disney Plus, they were like, you all better make this slap. Like they were like, you all better have tons of shows lined up for this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they're probably feeling pressure from the Disney company itself um, as well. I uh, mean, yeah, because you, I mean, Mar- the MCU has to answer to Disney, and Disney is like exactly overhead of everything. So I guess it makes yeah. sense. And, and Disney's going to do what's best for Disney, not necessarily what's best for this specific story. You know? Yeah, I think I think Disney uh, needed. I think 
Disney needed to do a, a shift in their position and their like mentality, if that makes sense. That's fair. Yeah. Which I know it was COVID. Everybody was freaking out. Everybody was trying to figure out how to make money and how to live and how to keep their stuff going and whatever else, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I know it was a weird time, but I think coming off of that, we're starting to see the issues with just throw everything at the wall. Um, so the good news is that things are changing upon returning to his former role as Disney CEO, Bob Iger has been pumping on the brakes on studio output, emphasizing quality over quantity. Hopefully many of Marvel studios, internal problems will soon be a thing of the past in a future warning of what happens when a company prioritizes the IP machine over creativity. So that's the good news is that hopefully, hopefully Bob Iger is going to help this and he's going to look at Marvel Studios and he's going to look at Lucasfilms and be like, "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh, you didn't say the magic word. You know, he's going to be like, all right, everybody stop. Think about what you're doing. Slow down. Slow it down. Like, slow, like, just pump the brakes a minute and chill. Let's think about these projects. That's why I really, 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 really think, I was talking to Miguel about this earlier. I think... Kang Dynasty, Secret Wars, all of that stuff is going to be pushed back because I don't think logistically you're going to be able to reevaluate everything um, and, and kind of take this new approach and reevaluate how things are going to go together. I mean, we've heard about all the rewrites with Blade, and I'm sure with the writer's strike, that's even oh, man. crazier I'm, now. I'm nervous about that, yeah. I've read that Blade was completely rewritten. Yeah. Like, 100% you realize, scrapped. You realize that they, like, you remember, like, after the events of Endgame, that they had, like, a meeting. You know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. after the events of Endgame, like, the writers and Kevin Feige pretty much sat down and just... Oh, yeah, they had that whole, like, retreat thing. Yeah, they had that whole retreat thing, and they just said, what are we going to do? Can you imagine, like, I got to think, it's the same thing that I'm thinking of right now with, like, how, with what with what, uh, with what I was talking about with Star Wars, about, like, what if J.J. Abrams had 100 complete control, like you said. Mm-hmm. I wonder how different that original idea from the retreat was to what we got to fruition now. Yeah. I, like, I can't I imagine like what that. that would look like. Yeah. And if I, I, I've been meaning to watch uh, that Disney show assembled. Cause that's like talking about like yeah, how yeah, the show, too. like kind of like how the whole universe came to fruition. I'm interested in to see that because I like to see like exactly like how this whole thing played out and how things right. worked out and how things didn't. But I mean, yeah, now that I'm thinking about that, I mean, thanks for bringing that up because, like, now that I'm thinking about it, like, that meeting that they had, I wonder how different it would have been. Like, like how yeah. different is that like meeting? Like, what they what had planned versus what we've gotten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, but I, I, I mean, know. I do think that stuff is going to be pushed back. And even the Jonathan Majors whole ordeal, because that's still, I think, very up in the air with what's going to happen with him and is he going to be recast? I'm telling you, dude, if they took the dude who played the high evolutionary, I'm not even going to try to say his name because I, I want to give him the respect he deserves. That dude was nuts. Like if they, they could 155,000%. You know, like, he's alive, right? The high evolutionary was a variant of Kang. You know, he's alive, right? The high evolutionary. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure he is. Yeah. Well, we didn't he... actually see him like die. You know, no, we saw we saw if, if you if you watch that 
scene where like they're running out of the burning spaceship, yeah. you see Drax carrying the High Evolutionary. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I he noticed that. Yeah. Oh, I thought yeah, they left him. I, I thought that was. I thought that was. I thought that was fucking hilarious. Oh, I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Ah, ah. Yeah, so he's still alive. Cause you know why? Because they're the guardians of the freaking galaxy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know, man. I I think, you know, as we wrap up, because I'm going to be real, I got to pee like a racehorse. Um, I, Russian I th- racehorse. Huh? Russian racehorse. I think yes. that's. I don't know. Whatever the saying is. Um, I think it is really important as we move forward because I, again, I'm one of those people like my wife is kind of, you know, I've, I've been like, Hey, do you want to go see that new Marvel movie? And she's like, ah, I just don't really care. And I'm like, what? Like you were all about it. You know, like you were all in. And she was like, but after Endgame, I just don't think it's ever going to be what it was. And I'm, I'm not in that camp. I think it is entirely possible that we can still have a really, really kick-ass universe. But I think it is extremely important that they start really evaluating each individual story and telling a really good story first, because WandaVision still had that MCU feel uh, Falcon and the winter soldier still had that feel Loki still had that feel, but the, the longer we've gone on, it's just started to get weirder and weirder and weirder and weirder. And guardians of the galaxy volume three was the first thing that was like, Oh, there it is. That's what I want. You know, like that's, that's what I want to see. That's what I want to feel when I go watch a Marvel movie. And again, it's different. That was a finale, you know, for those characters, things like that. I get it. Um, But I I just, I hope that there is a change coming and all the signs are pointing that there is. So hopefully, you know, that's a good thing. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think hopefully with them, like taking a step back and really reevaluating their project so far, I think they will hopefully be able to push out some more quality over quantity. And I hope that's the same for all of the franchises in Disney because from the get-go, when Disney started collecting all these fucking Infinity Bro, franchises... I will be right back. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got to pee. Um, I think that, I think that like, hopefully Disney CEOs and Disney executives can understand that like you have... I guess I'm going to pull like a Spider-Man thing. Like, you have so much responsibility you have so much power but then you have so much responsibility with all of these franchises whether that's pirates avatar uh star wars mcu you have like four franchises that literally are loved by over like multiple generations of of people so you have a huge responsibility to the fans to push out good quality stuff and not just make a make a good uh end of the year uh budget or make the end of the year positive bank account i guess whatever or whatever whatever what you know what i mean like you you get what i'm saying guys like they have a responsibility to make sure they pull out good quality products and if not what are we doing here with these movies you know what that you know what i mean and that goes the same for the disney live remakes and all these other stuff all these other projects so yeah i think that at some point or another I think the fans are going to start noticing. And I think the fans are noticing, if that makes sense. The fans are starting to notice that that these projects are starting to lose the quality that they had. And I think that's true, too, with the live-action stuff. I think The Little Mermaid kind of had a box office drop this week. And that was a big signal to these live-action remakes of these Disney shows. Yeah, yeah. So I've heard like, that was actually pretty good, though. I'm sure it is. 
but fans just are not getting. I don't know. They're just we're lo- Disney is losing fans in areas that they did not think that they were. You know what I mean? Ooh, that's an interesting like, thought. Yeah, like they were thinking. They were thinking in their head like, pull out an MC movie, be fine. Little Mermaid live action remake, do fine. They're losing fans in places they didn't think that they would lose. I do. Th- I think. Th- I know it gets a lot of hate, and I know people like to pull the oh, they're woke. Hmm. I'm not gonna say what it, I'm. It's not gonna be over. I. I. I think Disney's a really good company, and I, I do. And like anybody else, they make mistakes. And I think I, my my hope is that they're learning from this post COVID thing that they were trying to do with the Disney Plus shows. And I just. I hope before they release a project, they step back and say, is this the best quality thing that we want to put out? You know? Yeah. Um, and, and again, like, I've, really dude, I've heard really good things about Secret Invasion. Yeah, I'm excited for it. So Honestly. I'm I'm pretty stoked for Secret Invasion. Sorry I had to pee. I was You're sitting good. here and I was like, as I'm talking, I'm like, I can hold it. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. And then I was like... I can't do it. <laughs> so That's fine. That. I've been groundhogging since eight thirty, so it's okay. Mm, solid. Uh, gross. <laughs> um, but you know, it, it's it, it's an interesting conversation. It's something that people have been talking about for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. But listen, everybody, thank you so much for joining us. Episode number one hundred and thirteen. As always, talking to you up there. We want to hear your thoughts, so please be sure to leave us a comment down below. Let us know what your take is on this post-Endgame era with Marvel Studios. What do you think needs to be done? Uh, let us know if you think that Robert England should retire as Freddy, or if you think there's a little bit more gas left in the tank for one more entry. And if you think that England's done, he's saying he is, obviously, but who do you think should replace Robert England as Freddy Krueger? Uh, and then also... Johnny uh, Depp, man. Do, real. Yes, our UFOs real. Let us know that too. Uh, but more importantly, Johnny Depp. <laughs> do Do you think that Johnny Depp should reprise his role as Jack Sparrow um, in another Pirates of the Caribbean installment, or should they just call it quits and either reboot it or leave it alone, let it rest? It did its thing. Let it rest in the bottom of the ocean. Shameless pirate ocean blood. Uh, but listen, guys, you're the best. As always, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at LTM Podcast KY. Again, if you have not joined the Let's Talk Movies Facebook group, go to Facebook as soon as we're done with this and type in Let's Talk Movies YouTube channel dash community page and come join that group. It's a lot of fun. We, I've been doing a much better job with actually posting and actually using it out. There was a while I was like, I haven't posted anything in like a week and a half. It's okay. But um, guys, we love you. Thank you so much. As always, be good to each other. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Peace. Bye.